Now, Aaron, we have a problem. What's that? If we keep having Sam and Paige in the podcast, people are going to think that it's a four-person podcast. Well, the, the title is called Married to the Idea, it, and we don't exclude single people. We're definitely not excluding other married people. Definitely not. This will be the fourth episode in a row that we've had Sam and Paige on. In a row? Yeah. Because the last one we did was our Disney. It was. It's the bracket. second one because we we didn't have them on the first bracket. You know, you're right because they were the one because you guys had lots of thoughts about how we initially did our bracket. You had many opinions. The the first of the three hours. Yeah, sorry about uh, that. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually will say we had a lot of people when we told them about that got really miffed that some of your favorites and our favorites didn't make it to the final four. So. We were just there to anger everyone, apparently. No one was satisfied. We were all upset. We had one kid uh, tell us that he was mad that Treasure Planet didn't get further simply based on the I'm Not There song, uh, the the one, like, actual song from My the movie. My dude, I understand his problem. I did, but I had to face facts. I had to let go of my love. Well, that's the thing, too. A bracket uh, is so subjective and... It's so dependent on the opinions of the people discussing the bracket and writing the bracket. So, of course, someone else who maybe would have made a different bracket would have had different conclusions or different feelings about the movies. Like, very few other groups other than us four would have had Emperor's New Groove in the finals. Very few. <laughs> yeah. And I'm okay with that because I love that movie. So, whatever. Great movie. Yeah. So, there. And if anything, it just encourages other people to do this exact same thing and see what happens differently. Yeah, I floated it by the comic shop that we help out at, and they like they're like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, do what you can and what time you have, and I'm end up making that little uh, eighteen bracket with um, two MCU movies to the Marvels yeah. or Marvel phases. Mm. And yes. there's some hot contention over uh, some of the results, but it's like I didn't make these decisions. I literally said you have to like and heart the things, and there was I think there was one. It was four within four and. Uh, there was one it was like I think 20 to like almost 200 Woo. it was it was there's some significant differences in some very close races Dang. well speaking of Marvel movies there's Sam and Paige and we're Aaron and Elizabeth <laughs> and, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea to the idea we're back for <laughs> good job Sam and we're I back helped. for another <laughs> timing <laughs> we are back for another marvelous married episode uh, and we're going to do a bit of a twofer. We're going to talk a little Moon Knight. So spoilers for Moon Knight. Light spoilers. And then we're going to be doing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Heavy spoilers. Uh, but first of all, uh, Moon Knight. I, gosh, Egypt stuff has been like my favorite thing since I was a kid. So for me, Moon Knight was all about just Egyptian deity bingo. Like... I know that one, and I know that one, and I've been, and I know what this place is, and I know the name of the tomb of this pharaoh, and hieroglyphics, and all this stuff. It was, it was very heartwarming to my six-year-old mind. And uh, there are couples who wish they had the chemistry that they, that they have between Oscar Isaac and Oscar Isaac. I know. For real, though, <laughs> that they were the couple I was pulling for the most out of that oh, whole God. show. Light pickings. There are like, only I two like real couples, up. but I'm like, mm. yeah. Yeah, I liked Layla a lot, but man, can I just say some romance going on? Since this is like the no spoiler time, Layla is one hundred percent a combination of maybe from Arrested Development and uh, Veronica from Riverdale. 
I just got to say that. Like physically, Uh-oh. aesthetically? Physically, or... like the face. Oh, okay. Smush yeah. them two together. Perfect I could, combination. I could see that. Yeah. Paige, that could be absolutely accurate, but you, you've said the dreaded word. You, Riverdale? You said Riverdale in an audible so space sorry. around here. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I am a huge fan of the Archie comics. Same. And their many iterations, uh, and I detest the Riverdale. I thought the first uh, season was good, but then it tanked. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, yeah, I find it hard to respect a show when a guy's talking about how, like, I think his mother, like, ran drugs and wasn't there much longer after he was born and and this and that and then archie turns around and says well then you never felt the true thrill of walking out onto a football stadium and hearing your name being called it's like false equivalency my man like, i don't remember either of those I, things so that just tells you how much i remember <laughs> yeah I, uh, and then like they've killed off how many people now at this point and like they're going crazy with that show that even crazy still going than I on have expected i'm not sure i think so it was sure. going on enough to for them to make an archie comics meets riverdale comic like that just released last week Ew. why because money oh that it because money be. i uh, i read it it wasn't terrible uh, it was definitely leaning more into the archie comic side of things with like the one liners and the silly jokes but um, it it could have been a lot better, but it definitely could have been a lot worse. Right. I felt for Layla. I really, I really liked her character a lot and mm-hmm. all the hardships she went through. And I loved basically everything that happened in the last two episodes with her. Um, I won't spoil that, but I read tons of articles about the costume design and everything. And I love how much more impact the women who wear these costumes now get in the design and execution of them. It happened in Loki, and it happened here, where it's like. I've got to be able to, like, move and do shit. So let's, like, not just put boob armor on and perhaps do something cooler. But, Liz, everybody and, and knows is... all women's vital organs are stored in their boobs. That's why the armor right. is designed as such. Important that you guide the arrows and spears directly to the sternum. Really important. If not, And if not the sternum, the groin and crotch area, too. <laughs> Because uh, sometimes high-level women's armor is just, you know, a piece of leather that goes across their boobs and then protects their bits downstairs, too. And then yeah, God it. forbid that's somebody gets shot in the leg. <laughs> yeah, and last tangent. I was watching I, I was watching a, an old episode of Clone Wars this morning, and I forgot how in the earlier seasons, Ahsoka's costume was just stupid. It's a freaking halter top and leggings. That's it. Kenobi's walking in with armor. Literally, like, they literally have chest armor and shoulder and arm armor. And Ahsoka gets sent in there with a freaking tube top. I'm like, who designed these characters? No. And what? No who hurt you? No one's going to say it, but... <laughs> Definitely not Dave Filoni, because Dave Filoni was probably like, hey, can we put her... No. no She's Dave. a child. She needs to be in a loincloth. That makes but it so she also... much worse. Yeah, that's it. I have uh, one I question for Sam. What? Do you know the difference between a tube top and a halter top? No. To me, <laughs> in my mind, they're both just strapless. <laughs> okay, a tube top is Aaron, strapless is- and a halter top goes around your neck. Oh, I <laughs> had that totally mistaken. My bad. Okay, I'm glad right. we cleared that All right, up. so the halter is the one that like ties behind the neck? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure Ahsoka maybe had one of those at some point, too. But okay. the tube top is the one that where I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I know this. Oh, uh, you go, Aaron. I know, I... Aaron knew. He was like, I know this one. 
pick on me, teacher. Uh, I just don't know. Sam, perhaps you can tell me why the Jedi aren't always just decked out to the nines in Beskar armor, because that's what I've been wondering ever since the Mandalorian came out. Beskar only was found on Mandalore, and those people kept it very close to their chest. That was their thing. Oh, it was, um, yeah. And I'm sure it's like a limited resource, but it's, yeah, it's one of those things where it was very special to the Mandalorians. They made their armor out of it. It became an ancestral heirloom that you pass down. And they're the only, they, they control 100% of the supply because that's the only place it's found. So they're not going to send it out anywhere else. The, and also, the Mandalorians for centuries hated the Jedi. They fought wars against each other. That's a whole other thing. But yeah. That's why you only find it there. It's like how vibranium is to the Wakandans. Oh, okay. And it's like, um, too, uh, as we see, uh, spo- spoilers for Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett, which was also pretty good, but the, you know, the the Mandalorian episode. Um, the best the, one? Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, Just the one. <laughs> at least the most heavy uh, of his uh, episodes. Uh, they did talk about, like, how it's only for, Beskar's should be only for defense, and you said armor, so that would make sense, but, like, I've heard of people trying to come up with ideas for uh, Beskar uh, lightsaber hilts, because um, then it could really protect the, the holocrons inside, so. Is the Darksaber's hilt would Beskar? I don't because it's the dark saber because so. it's like a Mandalorian heirloom. Like, yeah, that's as close to. Uh, I mean, I don't believe it's a true holocron either. I think it's a different kind. I don't know enough about the dark saber. I've not actually seen the Clone Wars. Um, I did watch a little bit of the uh, Jedi Tartakovsky series when it first came out and loved it because it looked awesome. And then I didn't keep up with any of that. And I apparently need to go back and watch it because it's an amazing series. We're, we're fake Star Wars fans. We only. <laughs> Like the prequels and the Mandalorian, that's me. And the <laughs> and the eighth film. I'm sorry, Sam. <laughs> hey, Who's the, are you talking about? At this point, fake quote unquote Star Wars fans live an easier life than quote unquote real <laughs> Star Wars fans because there's less to be angry at. So Bless it, that's true. <laughs> oh, how many more days? Till twelve days. Till Obi Wan. To Obi Wan. Excited. I love Ian McGregor. I'm just here for him. That's what we're all here for. I will say the um Aaron, if you haven't seen Clone Wars or Rebels, like it it's probably not a deal breaker going into Obi Wan, but they're definitely drawing very heavily from characters that were in those cartoons for this series. So I'm hype AF. Even if the series is kind of meh, I'll still be like, Hey, you know what? We finally got what we asked for. I'll enjoy the parts of it that I can. That's how I felt about A Year in the Life. Yeah. <laughs> Was it perfect? No. <laughs> Did they give me what I wanted? Yeah. Maybe I'm the one with bad taste. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, and then tr- weirdly enough that was me with uh, Boondock Saints too uh, All Saints Day because I was like anyone walking in not knowing Boondock Saints they're not going to understand uh, but I rewatched it for uh, St. Patrick's Day here recently uh, with friend of the podcast John and I was like holy shit, this, is, this isn't this is a similar situation as Boondock Saints 1 where it gets better every time I watch it because I'd only really watched it once or twice um, right after it came out and I was like there were parts of that movie I did not really care for, and then watching it again, not gonna lie, kind of inebriated. I liked it. I liked it more than I liked it. I wonder originally. if the drinking had anything to do with your overall <laughs> enjoyment of that film. Hard to say. We may never know. Mm. Uh, I did have a question for Sam and Page because uh, after watching the final episode of Moon Knight, no spoilers, 
but there was a definite lack of quote-unquote MCU tie-in. And reading articles, that is exactly what the director asked. Was like, I don't want to tie this back in. I am going against it. There are like two Easter eggs, if you look really, really hard, that tie it back to the MCU. But otherwise, nothing. And I'm curious to see what you guys thought of that. Some people think that it can stand on its own. Some people think like you have to pay the piper. What do you guys think about the ending? Do you think it could have been strengthened with more tie-ins? Or do you think it was satisfactory on its own? I liked it. I like standalone. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good, like, yeah, you just get to know the character and that's the point of the show. The end. <laughs> yeah. We'll see him later. <laughs> Hopefully. Every, yeah. All the origin stories in the MCU are strongest when they stand on their own two legs. Tie-ins are fun. Yeah. But I think at this stage, there's so much in that universe that could make people think of other areas of that universe any tie-in you put in there is going to take your attention away from the main character and the main story. So the fact that we got to focus just on this character, their world, their story, I, I give that a big thumbs up. Same. I liked, I liked it too. I personally felt that the last episode was missing something at the very end. And I feel like maybe they had been really like to the ninth hour, to the 11th hour had an MCU tie-in to like make a pop and the dark's like, no, no, get rid of it. And that's why it felt just... They did. I, yeah, but it's... I mean, and we're, I'm not going to go into spoilers, and, you know, the, the four of us can talk off air about it. Um, but, it, they, yeah, they 100% did. And it actually got canceled for a different reason than just the director saying no, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so there... Because it felt to me that the last, the last episode was really good until, like, the, like even, like, the last minute... It doesn't ruin it for me, but it just feels like it just ended like in a Groundhog Day back to square one sort of thing. And I got a little taken out of it at that point. I don't know what else I was expecting, but I, I was perhaps hoping for like some wrap ups with Layla or with, I don't know, just something a little different. Well, the resolution for me came with, um, I mean, light spoilers here for the statement I'm about to make. The real resolution came with... Uh, Mark and Steven sort of coming together and being able to work together instead of being completely disassociated from each other. So it's about the character or characters in this same body in this case coming to terms with each other. Um, the relationship with Mark and Layla, yeah, that's got some work to do, but it's something they can work on in season two. Season one, I think, needed to focus on this, you know, this relationship. If we get a season two, I, there there's we'll a lot of talk that there we're not getting a season two. Why? Um, so I guess Disney submitted it to the Emmys under a limited series, and sometimes limited series can have more than one season. But the way that they've been handling the how they submit those, because we're getting a Loki season two, and there's one of the other shows we are definitely getting a season two of it. But like WandaVision, they submitted it as a limited series. And um, I think so you the submitted, Soldier, they submitted it as a limited you series. You submitted the Emmys once under that and you can never add on to it ever again. Because I have no say. idea. <laughs> I truthfully have no idea. But that's like even the director's kind of like, well, yeah, we're not planning on a season two. And it might just be kind of one of those like, oh, yeah, we're definitely not planning on it. We're totally planning on it kind of thing. They're probably going to work him into an MCU movie. I think yeah, and then things can continue is... from there. They will definitely yeah. work Moon Knight into the MCU in other ways, mm -hmm. no doubt. And Sam, you're right. I think the emotional high is Stephen and Mark's like catharsis and togetherness, which is why the big punch him up at the end was kind of like, I mean, that's fun and all, but that's not what was like 
the good, like the perfect moment of the show. So, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Obviously, there has to be a big punch him up because it's a it's a Marvel property. But I don't know. I did kind of like how this punch him up worked too. I thought it was a, a a unique way to show further in trying to keep from spoilers. But I do like that it 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 tied another couple of elements of the story into this kind of big punch him up. So, um, but uh. My favorite one of those has been Doctor Strange. The the first Doctor Strange has been my favorite climactic end battle of an MCU movie because mm-hmm. it's not two similarly powered people fighting until one of them wins. It's a man with magical powers versus a literal god and just annoying the god to death. It's it's clever. And I do want to say, um, apparently um, both Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke um, were very specifically interested in this property in this story because it did stand alone from the other MCU. They may still tie the character. They may still tie, you know, bring other characters in, but I think that was kind of a mindset going into it with a, you know, even like the top three or the director, um, uh, Oscar and then, uh, Ethan, but it was just, I, I could definitely feel that way, especially with other MCU movies, like similar to say, um doctor strange ant-man um maybe even a, a guardians of the galaxy as well there are definite definite moments where they're like okay here's tying back to the mcu here's tying back to the phases and everything like that but i call those palate cleansers and now i think i need to kind of pull back on that term because that's not really what it needs to be looked at anymore it needs to be standalone uh properties because they can stand alone they're not Thor 2 or um, uh, uh, Iron Man 2 where they are have to base it on the rest of the stories. We're getting to that point in mainstream Marvel movies. You have to do your homework. You're not going to know what's going on otherwise, especially with Multiverse of Madness. So mm-hmm. let's get into it. Um. <laughs> so speaking of um, movies that uh, you have to know a lot about to get into and uh, sequels that may not stand up to their predecessors or to the the rest of the movies Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness I don't know it's it's definitely more memorable than the first Doctor Strange but this one made me like grip the edge of my chair in anger so I'm not sure that's a good qualifier for enjoyment of a film uh, we're going to get real into spoilers with this because there's a lot of stuff in here that the trailer did a very good job of not showing but which are really important and essential to the process. We are going to discuss the Illuminati. It is going to happen. Oh, so. yeah, absolutely. But do we want to keep try to keep the first half spoiler free, or do we just want to say, hey, let's go. He warns all who uh, go go forth. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like this Spoilers plan. ahoy. Yes. Abandon all listening, ye who haven't watched <laughs> from here. Whatever. Very spoilers good. here. Spoilers, spoilers here. here. Okay. Um. I'm going to let someone else start off with a talking point because I have, I have a list of notes and I, I don't want to be the person who dominates the conversation. So how about this Sam page? What were your guys's uh, reactions to it? Well, okay. So right after we saw this movie, I think we both, both asked each other, what'd you think of it? And for me, the last movie MCU movie that we saw was Spider-Man. And I don't want to compare it 
but you automatically do in your brain. Especially and, with multiversal crossovers. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it was like heavy nostalgia, everything that we wanted to see, lots of fan service with Spider-Man. But uh, comparing the two, even though there was lots of action, lots of like awesome Sam Raimi horror moments, it kind of felt boring. Not, I hate to say boring because I don't, I wish I had a different word to describe how I'm feeling. The word, uh, the feeling I felt was kind of, it was hollow. Yeah. Or like I have ambivalence. Like, and, and I've read like a couple of articles about it and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But for me, I'm just kind of like, it's flat. Yeah. It, I mean, kind of like what Paige said, there were elements that I enjoyed. There were certainly high points and I had fun in the theater yeah. as far as like movie going experiences goes. Spectacle was great. Acting was great. I love Sam Raimi for obvious reasons. And like, I love that they gave him enough creative control to where you could see like his style in this film. I'm like, okay, they're letting Raimi be Raimi. Yeah. I like this within reason. Directors in those big budget movies have very little creative control beyond shot composition and actor direction. But with that, um, I, I, I agree that this just seems to have been a vessel to set up future MCU projects mm-hmm. so they took what could have been a really great thing with two with characters that i love i freaking love dr strange i love wanda i love wong wong's my dude um but it seemed like they were more <laughs> concerned with explaining and setting up where these properties and money-making machines are headed from here so when we start getting into the crazy parts we can say oh well they talked about this yeah and so- i think my favorite part of the movie wasn't a part it was just what happened which is weird okay i love zombie strange in the demon coat like that uh, <laughs> yay i love it but that wasn't like a scene it, it was, was just spectacle. like that's what happened <laughs> you know yeah. yeah there's an aesthetic here i really enjoy yeah it's nothing to do with actually what's happening but the vibe is choice yeah we love a, cool a vibe concept. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like the venom movies they're a vibe they're not good movies yeah the exactly vibe exactly on point yes um oh god i thought you burped <laughs> that was great sam that was so good that was so good <laughs> all right i will let you know then a little behind the scenes thing doctor strange and the multiverse of madness was supposed to come out directly following wandavision and timeline manners a bunch in the mcu so we were supposed to get WandaVision, then this, then Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, which changes whoa, whoa. a lot. Yes. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that does not make sense yeah. in my brain. COVID. No. Oh. But I think it makes yeah, more sense this way that it actually happened. In my mind. It, for me, it seems like all of the problems of Doctor Strange almost tearing open the holes in the fabric of reality and the multiverse of madness in No Way Home is like not the focus at all of the Multiverse of Madness movie, which you would think would be, True. considering that is just what happened. But instead it's like, forget that, we're actually going back to WandaVision and starting from there. So it does feel like there are some tenuous threads that didn't get snipped or and, stitched properly. And, and truth be told, save for the the line from Wanda, who apparently didn't forget that you know spoiler peter parker is spider-man uh because she said she mentions it and apparently it didn't affect her well she's magic I well they, yeah, they talked okay. about they it, talked about spider-man they didn't talk about peter parker that was it peter parker doesn't exist mm-hmm. yeah 
Spider-Man does. Yes, but Wanda says specifically, you know, I take control of a whole town. They call me a monster. You make everyone forget and you're claimed a hero. Well, and it's because that was one of the lines from the trailer to kind of help tie Multiverse of Madness into No Way Home. Do people know but that beyond- Doctor Strange did that? Well, that, that's the, the thing that I've had to do a little bit of digging on. It's like people know that Spider-Man exists. They know that there was some crazy multiversal tear from that. But because of the nature of the spell, people cannot remember who Peter Parker is. It's like where you they, they could like see his name on a piece of paper and it just won't register with them kind of thing. So everyone remembers what Strange did. They know that some crazy shit went down, but no one can remember and no one, you know, everyone's being prohibited from trying to connect the dots of like, who is Spider-Man? Because magic. I don't think okay. I knew that that was public knowledge. I mean, it was kind of hard to hide. The sky turned purple. I know, but <laughs> since you when are they like, being... okay, people, here's the full truth. Listen up. Believe it. <laughs> or even memory wipe it like, and the muggles never noticed anything See, ever exactly. again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically. So like even when That's... Strange is in the, like talking to America Chavez, like, how much do you know about the multiverse? Oh, we had a thing with Spider-Man. What's Spider-Man? It's like, so like, obviously they remember Spider-Man, have... but they don't remember that Peter Parker. Butt? <laughs> <laughs> right. It, yeah, different. and it, I, I guess that's my that was my my thinking was is that he uh, that it was kind of like a full memory wipe, but it would make sense that Wanda wouldn't be affected by it because of her level of magic or her level of power. But the uh, because it's apparently because uh, Hulk is off world or something. Someone's like there are a few specific characters in the MCU who will actually remember that Peter Parker is Spider Man because. He said the the wording was is no one on Earth will on remember any Earth oh. in any universe, but not mm. I so, love but not loopholes. other planets. Yeah. Okay, okay. I yeah, and I think they did that on purpose too. But yeah, yeah. The, that makes uh, sense. But beyond that, there's no other reference to it that I can remember off the top of my head. So. I can see them kind of throwing in that one line like, hey, can you reshoot this scene because we're putting this after Spider-Man and this and that because I almost think that I can see it now because I know I remember we were talking that WandaVision was supposed to be the last of the shows that came out um, as they started releasing that. Interesting. Uh, I do remember that. Hmm. Yeah, they pushed it to being first because they thought it was the strongest one. It was. They wanted people to have something in uh in lockdown so and be like um, oh i'll watch the rest of them the first one was great <laughs> yeah plus what a great Fair intro enough. for the mcu into television to have a show that pays homage to television in that way yeah so i i, I mm-hmm. agree with yeah, their decision for fun. that i kind of want like uh, hawkeye moment where uh what's her face with the contacts is like seeing the first Avengers from her perspective, but an actual like regular human seeing the the events unfold and how that gets told to the public. I feel like that would be a, uh, what's that Hufflepuff play where it's like told from the perspective of... Yes, yes, yes. And it's just these random kids who like see what's going on with Harry Potter. So it's like... Um... My first year in the year where nothing happened except the end, all shit broke loose for some reason. <laughs> and we got about the um, the web comics, like my life as a background Slytherin. Oh, yeah, exactly. Concept too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, there's because uh, there's like even like um, uh, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, yeah. which yeah. is essentially Hamlet, but from the point of view of these two characters, are it's Lion King and Wayne Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. I would love to see that. <laughs> We should see that. Maybe that'll be our next film. I mean, there are 
superhero TV shows that do the same thing, like the one about the insurance company that exists in the superhero and world. The guy who funds it is Bruce Wayne's cousin. Wait, what is this called? Played by Alan Tudyk. Played by Alan Tudyk, by the way. It's a yeah, short-lived TV show. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Very short. Like, yeah, we insure against magical fires, not alien fires. Yeah. Can't we Vanessa Hudgens, I think, was the main really? character. Wasn't yeah. Danny okay. Pudi in that show? Probably. Oh, oh, I, think it was yeah. I remember what y'all are talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and they've done things like that. I mean, even like Modoc kind of has that feel too, even <laughs> yes. though it wasn't as funny as people made it out to be. I and I adore Patton Oswald. I'm so happy to see him in the MCU. I wish it was in a better property <laughs> besides, you know, Blade Trinity and then uh, the Internals. But uh, which, uh, FYI, yeah, Patton Oswald in, was in Blade Trinity. I don't know if you guys remember this. Do not remember that. Yeah. Nope. Uh, that was Ryan Reynolds' first comic book movie. That's how you know. <laughs> well, I also watched a review about it. So, but yeah, it's it, it's tough because. There's a there is some really good stuff from this movie. But... Let's talk about the Sam Raimi touches before we get into negative stuff. Let's. Okay. They may not like me after this. Then. Um. Oh. I was waiting. I no. You know. How about this? This is the first directorial movie that Sam Raimi has helmed since Oz, Great and Powerful. Which I didn't realize he did. Well, he he kind of like backed hmm. off after the Spider-Man Three poor reception. He's like, I'll just I'll just stop. He and deserved like, a break. How sad is that? to like have that happen to a creator. Yeah. So I'm glad that he's back and I'm glad that Marvel is continuing to let their creative people be creative. Um, I will say that the most inventive Sam Raimi parts, the parts that were actually horrifying to me were the Illuminati mm. fight. Oh, personally, that I was going to say horror Wanda as some Samara. What is it? Where is she from the ring? Oh, when she's she, all like crunched yeah, when up. She, like, forces her way out of the mirror oh, where dimension. she goes yeah. through the mirror dimension Holy yeah that was a little crap, creepy too scary it was a little too i don't know i think cgi and horror just i can't think they play along together because i don't like horror i do not like being scared i'm not a fan of it i'm not a fan of gore but i didn't get scared in this and there were people who had like literal like nightmares of it afterwards i'm like there was mm. nothing in here because there's a i feel like cgi can do so many good things but i felt like this isn't real like yeah uh and that's why the fight with the, I keep forgetting the name, the Illuminati, was most interesting to me because it was creative and spectacly until yeah. we get to one of them. And we'll talk about that later. But for me, it was eyeball stuff because Sam Raimi loves his eyeball stuff and icky sticky monsters and zombie strange, which was awesome. Yeah. And I loved it. And I love the subversion because I was thinking that was going to be like the big bad, like, oh, there's a big bad Doctor Strange that's been pulling the strings this whole time. It's like, no, he's actually the good guy. I'm like, cool. Love it. And his cape of tortured souls. Like, yes. so very cool. <laughs> and it's it's so strange that uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch can act even almost a little better when he's got, you know, shit all over his face. Or he's not like the, the just Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, a la uh, Smaug. And, oh, um, he's so good. Yeah, whenever yeah. he's not on camera fully, he does bank. <laughs> that that, that uh, uh, special effects makeup was really, really well done. And, I liked it. Like, it looked like he was missing that part, kind of similar oh, yeah. to uh, Aaron Eckhart in uh, Dark Knight Returns. Mm -hmm. so, or not Dark Knight Returns, the, the Dark Knight. Yes. So why won't Sam like you? So I have seen, if not 100%, I would say between 50 and 75% of the original Evil Dead. I have seen Spider-Man 1, 2, and most of 3. 
I have seen bits and pieces from Evil Dead 2 and uh, 3, which I know there are different titles for those. Um, I have also seen bits and pieces from Drag Me to Hell. And where Sam Raimi really, really shines is being a horror and comedy director because what I also did watch was Ash versus the Evil Dead, the TV series that came out a little while ago. And as someone who isn't a, a, like a fan of the Evil Dead stuff, it was well done. I enjoyed it. Bruce Campbell was uh, kind of a lovable asshole. Um, and there was definitely still some Raimi touches throughout the whole thing. And the story was engaging enough for me to follow, even like though Bruce I didn't. Campbell. Yeah, exactly. He was now, <laughs> if you um, want to see a show that's Ash versus the Evil Dead, but done better, I very Tucker much recommend. Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Huh? Tucker and Dale versus Evil? That's a good one, so but underrated. I'm talking specifically so underrated stan against evil uh with the uh the gentleman who played dr cox uh in scrubs and then the voice actress of cora from legend of cora oh cool uh and it's honestly it's a fun show and it does take itself too seriously at times and then not seriously enough at other times but it's a good balance between the two so i could see where sam raimi should have been reeled back in a few times because there was some outdated techniques both in writing and with either shot composition or editing that I was like I'm sorry did I get transported back to 2005 or something like why are we doing the stretching and squashing of the the um the the shots uh very a la uh Muppet Treasure Island when they get cabin fever <laughs> I'm like what how do you even do that now? Because I know before it's something to do with the fish islands and how you like you don't take it off, but you kind of take it off and you like, digitally, rotate it in you place. You can digitally do anything now with your shot. You could just you can just because you can doesn't mean you should. I uh, personally that scene in the was... sewers underneath where it just like cuts back to the door and then back to them and back to the door and back to them. And the rain starts freezing and falling even slower. I'm like, we we know it's Wanda. Like you're, like, we know you don't have to. <laughs> Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say Sam Draymond is a terrible director or a bad editor. None of this. In fact, I have a lot of respect for him because what he is really good at, he is really, really good at. And I believe he got too much backlash for Spider-Man 3. However, I do honestly wonder if we could have done a different Marvel horror property and let him take the reins of that instead. Because I don't know if the horror elements meshed as well with this story as they could have. I mean, and, and and I'm I'm. This is just my thought on it, but that's some of the areas where I was like, kind of taken out of it. Um, and I hate to say this, guys, I don't think Sam Raimi is good at writing women or good at directing women. Did he write it? I don't think I don't think Raimi did, wrote this movie. Did not. Okay. Did not. Um, Actually, the original writer and director left this project. I think because huh. they wanted to do a Doctor Strange movie. This isn't really a Doctor Strange movie. It's one of those, we're going to get that in the MCU a lot, where that, that's a person's name on it. Yeah. But it's about so many different other characters. It's like, you know, like comic books, where it's like, in Wonder Woman, you get the first appearance of Black Panther. Like, but then it's Black Panther's story. Why aren't we reading about it in the Black Panther comic oh, book? So Please tell me you did not just say Wonder Woman and Black Panther. I <laughs> made a, a, a humorous comparison, okay. so someone on the internet can't say they did actually do that uh, this time. No, I, I, <laughs> I purposely mixed the two. 
The in yeah, I, I, that's that was actually gonna be my point is that you're uh, you see that a lot with comics. Like um, we uh, just uh, they just released a Moon Knight Red, White, and Blood, and w the biggest story in this anthology collection that they have is a story with Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's pretty much the focus in it. Um, it's maybe 50-50 at, at best, but it's a little bit more on Spider-Man, so... Uh, Sam and Paige, you mentioned that hollowness, and I felt it, too, in the way that we had, like, three really important and powerful women in this story all kind of, like, sharing space with Doctor Strange the entire way, and yet very few of them had any agency in their own story. America Chavez was like a MacGuffin half the time. Um, we have Christine, who was super important, like, especially in the second half when we start universe hopping. Mm -hmm. But she gets played as like this love that Doctor Strange has to let go when Doctor Strange is by design an arrogant hothead who couldn't let someone else hold the knife. I have no qualms about him not getting the girl because he needs to be a different person to win someone's affection. Um, and then we have Wanda, who I love with all my heart. And 10 minutes into this, we were like, oh, no, the Darkhold has corrupted her. She's evil now. She's going to kill everybody. The scariest thing we can think of is a mom. <gasps> and I was like, no, she learned her lesson already. We had a whole show about it. Why does the character who has suffered arguably the most trauma of all the main Avengers MCU characters, the one who is the bad guy and then doesn't even get to be the bad guy, but gets to realize at the end, oh, I was the bad guy. Rocks fall death on me because I can't be trusted. There was a lot of conflicting emotion that I carried with me throughout that two hour experience and you are now chasing just a little bit of it. I'm going to try and rein it back in for just a moment. And dear listeners, I did warm Sam and Paige before we ah. started recording. I was like, hey, guys, just Liz, is, Liz has opinions. Keep opinions. Is Paige, she dead? You don't see a body, and that's how yeah. movies work. You, you don't see a corpse. Who knows what happened? She's, I'm assuming she's in a stasis buried somewhere in the core of the earth, just waiting to come out again to stop <laughs> whatever actual big bad there is. Yeah. Um, here, I've, I've crafted a list. I, I, I want to, uh, as she's pulling this up, uh, funnily enough, I'm going to pull from a movie that I enjoy for probably not the worst reason, but I enjoy more so than anyone else will because of what they do in the movie, but rather the movie itself. Um, the Escape Game sequel that they had recently, uh, which... Honestly, neither of the movies are really that good. The first one has a little bit more going for it. I love some of the uh, the performances in it, and the the traps are a lot more inventive. The second one is still interesting. It's like they both have like really good ideas, but then they just they go, okay, those are good ideas, and then do nothing else with them. But uh, it, the main thing for the second movie is, is if you don't see a body, how do you know it's true? It, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel it. I, but again, it kind of is that per perpetuating problem within the MCU. Death isn't permanent. It doesn't mean anything. Someone can always come back from the dead. There's no 
and to anybody. Oh, all of your women characters are dying? That's okay. We're just going to pull them from alternate universes and let them have their character arcs all over again. That's my um, biggest gripe with the direction the MCU is going right now. Mm-hmm. We're seeing that not only are there infinite timelines within one universe and then infinite multiverses on top of that with their own infinite timelines, it makes nothing matter especially when you have means to travel between or draw from others. So, yeah, maybe this Wanda is dead, but there are an infinite number of other Wandas if you need a Wanda for another property later. There are infinite everything. Like, there was probably a universe where Billy and Tommy, or whatever the fuck the kids' names were, were orphaned. Wanda could have just gone there and said, hey, I'll be your mom now, problem solved. But no, we had to do this big song and dance for... I don't know what reason. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really. Yeah. I, okay. Uh, I have to compare and to Spider-Man. Why, and why couldn't we have had, you know, Wanda, you know, Wanda has been seeing her children and poor Mark and Steven is missing their mother. So, you know, <laughs> oh, my kiss, God. Kind of oh my God. That'd be so cute. Uh, <laughs> oh, Mark and Steven be so being precious. like, you guys know my mom, right? Who's 10 years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, We're making it work. There's a couple of things that I want to bring up. Uh, the first is I'm going to compare it back to Spider-Man, which is just inevitable for, I think, every movie we ever watch now. Everywhere, everything all at once, let's compare it to Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the thing that really bugged me is when we get to the end of this and Wanda does get to go to another dimension and try to, like, take over that Wanda's life and get their kids. She's like, oh, my God, I'm a monster. I'm not a monster, am I? Oh, I am. What have I done? Like, she didn't once consider this ever. Uh, it was weird because I've seen this before and I was saying in the theater, how have I seen this before? Saw it in Spider-Man Spider-Verse with the Kingpin who literally builds a machine to go to another dimension to get his wife and child back. And when he gets there, they're like, oh, you monster, leave, get out of here. And yet he still doesn't like atone for his sins because it really wasn't about his children. It was about power. He wanted the power to control things. That was, it was about Kingpin's making himself so happy. Made- Exactly, exactly. But Wanda's never been billed at that. Wanda let her children fade into nothingness and die. She ripped the Infinity Stone out of her husband's head, and then it didn't mean a damn thing. She has done everything that the world has asked her to do, and still they won't let her just... She just can't be happy. But it's not even about power. It's just, I literally want my family back. That's all I want. And again, I thought letting him go was the whole point. It's, it's, It's very cyclical. It's... Absolutely. It's Robin it's letting Ted. It's, yes! it's Ted letting Robin yes! go only to in the last one go blue French horn. I'm like, yep. we learned nothing. Yeah. yeah. That's yep. the, that's the thing that I, I knew you were going to come into this discussion with Liz. And I a hundred percent agree with you. Wanda's turn to darkness. It, they could have gone that route if they had taken an, an iota of care or setup with getting there, because obviously something like the dark hold has the capacity to corrupt, but they literally, Conveyed that with just a 15 second post credit scene after WandaVision. Dialogue. Yeah, I know. That's and even then that post credit scene could have meant a lot of different things. Like maybe she was just trying to like develop her power so she could possibly create the children. Or yeah. instead of like having to take control of people, like I took it as more of a positive than a negative that she was going to be this this evil force. In fact, when she was first cast and I heard about it, people were saying, oh, she's not going to be the villain. She's going to be an antagonist of some sort, but there's going to be another big bad. And really, until the movie started, I'm sitting there watching in the theaters. I was like, oh, she's the big bad. 
They but wasted no time why? showing us that she was I didn't the big know bad. that going in. Yeah, they like she's I had gonna a kill feeling. people. Straight up. Like what? What do you mean she's going to mm. I had a it's, feeling I've she was gonna Game be the Thrones, bad guy. But I am <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I've No, I'm sorry, Sam. Um I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I am gonna bring up Daenerys Targaryen. Who, oh yeah. In a well-conceived storyline, could have been a very good evil villain, but they did not lead up to that whatsoever and just said, she's bad now, guys. She wants to end slavery too much. We've got to put her down. It's it's, it's very <laughs> reminiscent of having uh, Emperor Palpatine just randomly show up in uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Yeah. And he talks and he lives the dead rise. What? Yeah. Where like, are we? It, it, like and that's you know how they played too, that one it, off? Poe Dameron saying, somehow Palpatine returned. (laughs) End of explanation. Now let's go on to the exposition. See, nobody really dies. (laughs) There's no death. So if they had, it was weird too, because Marvel feels like they're they're playing 3 or 40 chess. You know, they're planning 10 years in advance now. And instead of like just looking a couple of years, so why, why, and I get COVID screwed a lot of things up. I get that because uh, apparently uh, I just read too that America Chavez was supposed to appear in No Way Home, but they're like, ah, no, because of release yeah. schedules, we're going to change yeah. it. And, to, and that, they said into, that would have been too many characters to introduce into one movie. That would have been got, way too much. Yeah. We got three Spider-Men. We've got, you know, all these other guys and we got to focus on the, the mains. And all the Spider-Men. <laughs> Yep. I, just, I thought the same thing. I couldn't remember the lyrics, but I thought the same thing, Paige. Um, I actually made a list of enjoyable MCU villains just, just to like lay it down. Like, <laughs> I don't think one is a good villain. So what does make a, a good villain? Um, and of these entire lists, I've got like eight people here. And I'll let you guys say who you think your most enjoyable villain is. Um, for me, the, the one that ended up being most enjoyable because they were right was Killmonger. Yes. Because he's the only one who, at the end of his arc, you realize like his me- his methods were atrocious. So it's not even that. But yeah, they were wrong to hide from the world. They were wrong to not help people in need. That it was wrong to do this. And so our main lead actually learns from that and starts to change and improve things for the better. And that's why he was enjoyable because he was right. Um. But usually in these things, the villain doesn't get to be right. Um, Loki has been enjoyable, uh, but Loki is now a good guy. Nebula, also enjoyable. Now a good guy? The Mandarin, good guy. <laughs> Bucky, good guy. Doc Ock, good guy. <laughs> uh, Mandarin was not a good guy. The uh, What's He's... his face's character? Because he wasn't the true Mandarin. No, I'm I'm talking about... Trevor Slattery. Yeah. 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 yeah that, he wasn't a bad guy to begin with. He was a he was the face. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. a face. He was an addict. Yeah. I keep waiting for you to bring up Thanos. <laughs> yeah. Because no, I don't think he was wrong. I know. <laughs> that's it. Paige, thank you for saying that. So that's exactly what it is. Um, in this particular movie, it's it's so weird because we've she has more reason than most of the other big, bad, evil guys in the MCU to do the villainous things that she do. She literally wants her family back. It's an understandable, relatable goal. She wants it. It's kind of and WandaVision all over again. It undoes it, it really all the, all the progress she made it in does. WandaVision. It does. It's yeah. very... And if, it, it, yeah. Just, like, more fueled, though. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I, I would have been okay if Marvel took more care in setting up this descent into doing bad things from Wanda because she went on an eight-episode arc of accepting her losses 
and letting go mm-hmm. and accepting the things that are. But then in the blink of an eye, explained away by the book being evil and corrupting, that she suddenly then does a heel turn and says, nope, actually, I want them back through fake means or real means or whatever. I'm like, so you're back in the hex after all this. Yep. You just want to put yourself back in the hex. She makes her, she ma- that's all she wants to do. And then she's like the only one to also realize the error of her way. She's the only villain to be like, that was wrong of me. I better kill slash entomb myself so nothing else ever happens. It's the Infinity War problem rearing its ugly head. No one's going to spray graffiti saying Wanda was right on the side of a building. Right. It's only Thanos who gets to be like, no, perhaps he was right to kill off half of humanity, perhaps. And like, no one's going to do that for Wanda. Yeah, because it's so personal. <laughs> I yeah. know. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, exactly the- like you said, Liz. Like, the best, and Marvel's done great with making some awesome villains. The yeah. ones that hit you the best are the ones where you can understand their point of view you can disagree with them like you said killmonger methods atrocious wrong obviously but you're like i don't blame him for coming to this conclusion Mm -hmm. he has been wronged and he wants to do what he views as setting things right like i I talk to a lot of people who are like i miss villains who are just evil for evil's sake i'm like that's boring yeah like no one is evil just to be evil something happens they are they're boring like thanos killmonger um, all the great villains that you mentioned, even um, the real Mandarin from Shang-Chi, he wanted his wife back. But that was way better set up. And he always had a yeah. propensity for... For evil things. For evil things, yeah. yeah. We get that. For you choosing could, violence. You could argue <laughs> Wanda similarly, but again, it just undid an entire TV show's worth of progress just for the sake of being a plot device. So it, yeah. I, I don't like that this is how they handled Wanda. If they wanted to go that route and make her evil, like, you know, Scarlet Witch was an antagonist a lot in the comics, sure, but this it just was not handled well. For a company like Marvel that thinks 10 years ahead, this was an intentional decision. Feige's talking about it like, hey, Loki opened up a whole bunch of doors and you're going to see where that leads. He's got a plan, but this step in that plan, it just felt like a means to an end, but didn't give this character the due they respect. Yeah. Like participating in those means. One thing I did enjoy about seeing evil Wanda in this movie was I always kind of wondered what would happen if Captain Marvel and Wanda like butted heads because I think that they're the let's two most talk powerful. About the Illuminati. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Yes. I'm so glad we're here. Um. Okay. So first of all, Aaron fanboyed really hard at the Illuminati. I, because I was angry, oh my didn't care, yeah. but it was fine. I'm, I'm so, you didn't I, care? I, there's the minute I saw that literal, actual Charles Xavier showed up, I'm like, oh, they're all going to die, aren't they? <sighs> yep. Yep. I've got a comment on that, but go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I was specifically excited because yes, uh, it does. It did include very specific casting choices with bringing Charles Xavier back as, or sorry, Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier, but not only Charles Xavier, but I, I, I want to call it the night or the Marvel Universe or Universe 1999, if you want to go that specific, because it was he was absolutely not the Fox. Uh, Charles Xavier, he was the X-Men in the animated series. So good. I I was so happy because I've not seen the entire series, but I've seen enough of the X-Men animated universe to know there are some really key differences, especially in how Charles treat other people, uh, how Xavier treats other people. And I, I saw it in droves with Stewart's performance because he definitely based 
some of his performance in the the Sony movies, or sorry, the Fox movies, on that. But he, he brought his own Patrick Stewart flair to it. This was probably as close as it has been. But I really enjoyed Black Bolt because uh, the actor for Black Bolt was the actor who originally played Black Bolt in the failed TV show that they did years the ago. The, yeah. Is that Dr. Mr. Fork? Terrible. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His the, death. Fork Holy I crap. Really, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. His was the most creative. Yeah. Uh, well, fat, no. There's a couple that were creative. Uh, I really enjoyed that because I liked Black Bolt most from that failed TV show because he couldn't talk and he had to emote so freaking hard and it was really really cool i don't suggest anyone watch because we didn't get past the first episode it was so bad but the the scene where black bolt is uh sent from the moon to earth and he has to basically just explore and you know deal with the fact that he's on earth but not be able to talk at all this care this actor did such a great job and i i I didn't know that this was a possibility. I didn't even think about Black Bolt because I knew about the Illuminati. Didn't even make that connection. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. And of course, John Kroninsky yep. as Mr. Fantastic. And he did such a good job. I liked Ian Gruffold as Mr. Fantastic, but he wasn't Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. The, he also, those Richards. movies were horrible. <laughs> Not his fault, but they didn't Not do him any fault. favors. And then Monica Rambeau getting to be Captain Marvel. So interesting mm-hmm. twist on that, yeah. yeah. And then of course Captain Carter. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a good addition on that. Yes. Um, but so I, I was super excited, and I did notice that there was one chair empty that wasn't supposed to be uh, Doctor Strange. Strange. Mm. So I'm wondering what they're meaning with that, and if the Illuminati is going to come back in any other form. Because that's such uh, an interesting little, not Easter egg, but a little bit like, hey, this is here, but why? Mm-hmm. Because Mordo had a seat, Patrick Stewart was in the middle. It, it, that's, it was such an interesting little thing because uh, what this felt like, that particular scene or that particular set of scenes, very much felt like to me World War Wanda or World War Scarlet Witch because... One of the best, in my opinion, World stories is World War Hulk. Mm. World War Witch, yeah. Uh, World War Hulk. Hulk comes in and just decimates the Illuminati, which at that time it was Iron Man, Black Bolt, uh, Mr. Fantastic, Charles Xavier, um, Namor, and maybe one other person. It's a sausage fest right there. Boy, I'm glad <laughs> I changed it up. Well, yeah, because, I mean... It's like the world's, the MCU's or the Marvel's universe's biggest assholes, essentially. Because, I mean, Reed Richards was nice in this movie. He's he not nice. He's a real dick. I, he's the character I hate most. Like, I know they keep trying to bring the Fantastic Four back. I'm like, we can we can let that quietly go. Like, Reed Richards is just like an awful human being. And it's really hard to, like, read or watch things about him. Knowing, like, all the vicious things he does to his wife and his family. You're not wrong. I'm not but wrong. I do... <laughs> I. I do have one question since we brought up the Illuminati. I want everyone's opinion, um, and there's no right answer. Mordu, completely wasted character or no? I want to know what's going on with our Stevens Mordo. They set him up in the first yeah. movie and we're just like, oh, we'll get to him later. Yeah. Yeah. Still an awful lot of sorcerers at Carmitage in that one scene, so he's yeah. clearly not doing a good job. I 
I felt like, especially because uh, uh, I'm I'm not uh, Chibaldi. Should we wait each four? Yes. I I know that you probably pronounced it correctly, but it sounded like we had a baby. It's a boy. Uh, <laughs> they, he he does such a good we job. Had a baby, he it's such... a boy. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a boy. Uh, he's very charismatic. He he brings an earnestness to his roles because he was in the um, Firefly movie uh, Serenity, and he was essentially the main antagonist. And he it was it, almost a similar role to a evil Mordo, but man, there's just an earnestness to his performances that you see with Mordo, and I. I, I just felt like he was he was wasted. Well, alternate universe, so it's it's really hard to say. I mean, it's a very character heavy movie in terms of the number of characters they gotta mm-hmm. share screen time with. I it, I don't think they really had time to get into Mordo in this movie beyond showing. Oh, this is this universe's Mordo. He's gonna introduce the Illuminati because he's a character we know. Gonna introduce us to a bunch of new characters, and that's pretty much all they had bandwidth for. So uh, I would have liked yeah. a Doctor Strange movie dedicated just to Doctor Strange instead of the multiverse. That's yeah. where we would have gotten a good follow-up on Mordo. But that's uh, not the direction Disney wants to take. And so, then you could whatever. introduce America separately. I feel like she would have her character would have benefited from her own movie at this point. Just because adding well, her in it was just like her own TV show. Okay. Okay, good. Yes. Uh, I kind of wish we knew her before because they Is kind she? of just barely touched. And they were like, well, um, she's the glue that makes the them trailer. jump universes, you know? I guess we need her. I don't know how much more you can do with her story, though, that led her to Doctor Strange. I know. I just feel like I either didn't want her or I wanted to know more about her. One yeah. of the two. I guess. Yeah, it, it was it, it was enough in the middle. It's like, pick one direction or the other to go in. And I, because I know uh, Miss Marvel is getting a TV series mm-hmm. that's coming out. That's who it is. I'm so sorry. I thought it was America. Kamala, getting, Khan, is Kamala getting, Khan is getting her is, series. She's getting her series. That's it. Um, because then we are also still getting another um, Captain Marvel where she will be fe- uh, heavily featured in. But this is a good way to introduce the character. So I feel like how they've established America Chavez, yeah, there's not really much to her character-wise or that we've not seen but if they were to do the same thing with america chavez as they're doing with kamala khan um miss marvel then wh- why couldn't we've done that with you know america chavez or had her be had a america chavez doctor strange series similar to like falcon winter soldier mm-hmm. you know something along those lines i just and wanted to go like into multiverse more. Matters. You know how much money that would cost for a tv <laughs> show to have episode by episode multiverses like that two that I mean, two hour movie it. probably cost hundreds of millions. What about like Wanda and Loki? Uh, that, that'll Star that'll Trek. Yeah, Star Trek. Did Star it. Trek. I mean, they didn't do different universes, but they did different worlds almost every episode. The, but you, then you got to like really reduce the production value on each of those worlds to make it all fit into the budget. I, I see what you're saying. I can yes, guarantee it, if they did it a TV show, then the version of New York we saw with the Illuminati would not have looked nearly as cool. And would not have had Bruce mm-hmm. Campbell because he would not have been affordable. Thank you, Bruce Campbell, for showing it us at the end of the film. It's over. <laughs> Get out of the theater. Thank you, Bruce. The, the I, I wouldn't have known otherwise. The best. <laughs> and Paige, I was also looking forward to a Scarlet Witch Captain Marvel fight. If only we had gotten a satisfying one instead of a heavy statue falls on Captain Marvel, she yeah. dead. Every other person dies so ingeniously. Yeah. Uh, we have... Mm-hmm. 
we have Reed Richard just being unspooled. Whew. We have Black yeah. Bolt shattering his own brain. Oh. We have Captain Carter getting cut in half by her own shield. Got cut in half we real have, bad. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm hanged. And that really cool, that, yeah, that, that mental red smoke scene yes. for, uh, for Charles. Xavier. And then we get like, oh, we have two women who, we have one woman who took on a spaceship just by flying through it and another who can bend reality. What do we do? Big statue. Yeah, yeah. I don't I know how like the that. two most powerful people in the MCU can be crushed. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know how you end that fight? You don't exactly because they're both invincible. So for yes. the movie, they're like, ah, I don't know, big statue. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, she See, pulls the building on top of her. The end. <laughs> I truly don't think that universe's Captain Marvel is dead. I think she's just under that mar- uh, rubble, and incapacitated. Hand. She's just sleeping. <laughs> she just sleeping. I don't. I she don't. Needs a little me. We're probably. We're probably not going to go back to that universe anytime soon, but I still, I don't think uh, Monica Rambeau is, I don't think she's dead in that universe specifically. Okay. I, I did want to mention something about the Illuminati and how it was handled in this movie that kind of tickled me. I don't think this is true, but it's just kind of what I came up with in my head and made me laugh. Like they did a lot of awesome things, especially now that they like Disney acquired Fox. They finally brought in the X-Men into the same screen space as the Avengers, quote unquote. They brought in the Fantastic Four, the two big properties that Fox was holding on to. And they took a lot of fan requests in a way. Like fans have been saying for years, you know who'd be a good Reed Richards? John Krasinski. They went and did that. They, you know who'd be great in the MCU? Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier. That'd be great. They went and did that. You know what they did immediately when they did? Fucking murdered them. That's like Marvel saying, fuck your fan requests. I don't give a damn. This is how I treat your damn requests. But we did get Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. We did get Spider-Man. You're, you're absolutely right. And it's so weird, too, because that's um, it, actually, Paige brings up the the kind of counter argument to this point, is that, you know, in No Way Home, we see the other universes of Spider-Man, or you could even say, you know, the Raimi-verse and then the Sony-verse of Spider-Man, and they don't look the same, but... All of like Christine's and uh, Captain Strange. Carter's and Strange, they all look the same. So, in theory, especially since we're about to get a uh, Fantastic Four movie, X Men is still uh, kind of cloudy of what they're going to do with that. But because we now are getting a Fantastic Four movie written by some of the people who did Moon Knight. I fully believe they are going to bring John Karninski back. I think this is them establishing this is going to be Mr. Fantastic or Reed Richards now. Don't think Maybe. I didn't notice that the minute they said, oh, yeah, mutants and the X-Men exist in the Marvel Universe that they killed off Wanda, who is technically Magneto's child. And they just didn't know how to make the two of those work. Like, quick, kill one of them. Yeah. Both of them. Get because them in the infinite multiverse, you can just bring in another Wanda who was Eric Lencher's daughter. So it doesn't matter Perfect. because multiverse it- has. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Simpsons did it. Multiverse did it. Okay. Um, we are getting. I don't even know how long we've been recording. Oh God, no. Um, yeah. but I want to talk about moving forward in the Marvel universe because I really wanted to like this movie. My favorite scene in this movie was the music fight, where they literally brought in Phantom of the Opera music notes to fight each other. Like that was really cool filmmaking. Did, like it all worked for me in that one instance. I was like vibing with this movie very hard. Before we move on, I do have one final thing to say. I was mad at this movie, and 
I thought, you know, that's just my own personal opinion. I can get over that. People will enjoy it. I'm sure the director did his best. There's a lot of characters to juggle. It's fine. And then Aaron very so kindly messaged me an article. An article in which it states that uh, Sam Raimi, the director of this film, did not watch WandaVision before directing this film. He said, give me the beats of Wanda's character and I'll just go from there. Out of, I guess, the eight episodes, either six or eight episodes that WandaVision has, he apparently only watched three most of the way through. Apparently, he didn't, like, stay for any credits or anything I like that. I don't have three more hours of my time to give on this movie for this multi-million dollar company. Just give me the beats, and I'll go from there. And that's that's what really set me over the wall and said we have to call Simon Page and record on this. Because <laughs> I can understand not watching the entire back catalog of a Marvel of, of the 20 plus movies like get where your character is i understand that but when you have only six hours for your villain that you could watch and get the full story on and then move her forward to not do that and instead say nah i got it is is so peak hollywood white man feeling upward <sighs> that it it kind of boggles the mind if, if i had to give a primer about that reasoning hey i agree with you that's just kind of like the bare minimum you should do preparing to direct this movie. But also it would be more important for whoever wrote the movie to watch WandaVision and really understand how to write this character and pick up where they left off. Raimi did not write this film. He was given a script and he directed it. So he can go off of that and the main beats he picks up from the show. Sure. You could do that, especially since he's a veteran and he knows what generally makes a compelling visual storytelling. But the writer is really where the buck stops. And ultimately, I shouldn't say that because the buck stops with Kevin Feige, the creative head. And he greenlit all this. He's probably pulling the strings behind the scenes. The guy who wrote this movie, Michael Waldron, he is good at writing a lot of crazy shit because he wrote for Rick and Morty, which does a lot of like multiversal fuckery. And he's got some other prominent credits that I'm not looking up right now because I'm lazy. But all that said... I agree. Raimi could have put in a little more time with prepping, especially for Wanda, but it really comes down to writing and creative direction. I I, uh, I see what you're saying, Sam, with with it being, you know, the writers. But like when you have a a, a moment, a scene or even a full on performance, um, Sam uh, knows this far more than I do. But it's more than just writing or direction or even the actor or actress themselves. It's also editing, it's composition, it's uh, lighting, sound. There's so many small variables that go into it. And a lot of those can necessarily not necessarily be ignored, but they can definitely kind of say, okay, those aren't what are leading into everything else. Where my issues with um, specifically the treatment of Wanda and why Raimi and possibly the writer if it's pretty much obvious or it's pretty much obvious that they didn't really look at Wanda as she has been through Avengers um, or since Avengers Age of Ultron. It almost feels like it takes all the performances of, you know, Civil War and um, uh, the uh, Endgame and and a little bit of in or no sorry infinity war and a little bit of endgame it takes those performances and almost and then most of all wandavision and kind of goes okay those are really cool and she got some really cool powers from it but we're not really going to look at that that where that character ended up beyond certain key elements with the boys with the powers and everything like that because Sam is correct 
the buck stops here and Kevin Feige clearly wants this. And just in the same way that he really likes daddy issues for all of his other villains, he's, <laughs> he's working through some things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very Are easy. Are you proud to of me now, Sam- daddy? <laughs> I'm creative lead at Disney. I killed half the universe for you, daddy. Do you like me now? Uh, it's and so yes, it is. It is almost overly easy to blame Sam Raimi or the writer uh, because I cannot blame. Uh, uh, I don't want to mispronounce her name, uh, but the the actress who played America Chavez because I don't feel like she, as we were saying a second ago, she wasn't utilized in, in the correct ways. Her, I felt compelled by her, but I didn't felt as compelled by her story as I could have been. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, oh my God! So you couldn't even say his name. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch did a, a good job because it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Rachel McAdams, actually, I kind of liked Christine a little bit more in this movie than I did in the first one. Not because her character didn't have as much agency in the first one, but she was just a little bit more compelling this time. She's more pivotal. Um, but uh, and I just watched the first one like a couple days ago. Yeah. I've 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 watched the whole movie. Aaron's throughout. got the primer. Well, I, I'm going back through the MCU to, because I was like, oh, you know, I want to get re-caught up and just re-watch everything, which gives me better appreciation of, like, say, Thor Dark World or Iron Man 3 or, uh, you know, even Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, where some of them, like, are kind of hated. But, like, I can see why people still don't like these, but they're still not that bad. I also like that we're kind of past the point of hating on actors for things they have no control over. Exactly. Like getting all on Rose Tico's case for like, hey, you ruined Star Wars. Like she, she did a job. Like she had no say in that. Or uh, uh, Wyatt, and I forget his last name, who played um, Wyatt Russell. Uh, the yeah, Wyatt Russell for in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. He just did a great job at playing this character. It's not his fault that. The character is, you know, honestly, kind of the antithesis of Steve Rogers, whether he leaves it or not. But yeah, as yeah. it's supposed There's... to be. Exactly. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah. That, you're supposed to oh, hate him. Quick side, <laughs> quick sidebar. Um, the actress who plays America Chavez, her name is Sochil Gomez. It was like the chips. Sochil. That's I was gonna say. Ask me how I know that. Oh. There's a brand of tortilla chip. chips called Sochil, spelled the same way, and they have a pronunciation guide on their bag. Great chips. No kidding. That's yeah. really awesome. Yeah, so chill. I like that. Yeah, it's they're delicious chips. Thank you. They are soft though, like they're crispy, but they're kind of they're thinner. Like thin, so they, which I like. They don't hold up great with guacamole, but good for thin <laughs> salsas if you're ever gonna do your thing. Especially their blue Liz chips. Has a brain, I love think their blue chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, blue chips like they don't taste different, but they taste different. Different. <laughs> <laughs> they taste uh, a little more blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ah. It's uh, Liz has a Brent uh, Santias, uh, and we get at least two bags every time we get them. It's I devour. I'm a monster. Sam, you know you lived with her too. <laughs> I'm a monster. She's a chipper. Uh, all right. So uh, I will. Uh, I there was one last point about Doctor Strange I wanted to make, and I forgot what it was. So if I immediately go, oh, that's we'll I've come back to it. So I can always um, it I do want to say I have. A moment for Sam. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was just scratching my eyebrow, but I'll talk. Um, another thing. We thought you were saying like, hey, me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. For those for those listening, I literally just like I raised my finger to scratch my eyebrow, but it looks like I'm saying one moment, please. So sorry about the confusion. But um, I've got another comment about the movie and the setup that I think they really need to. Ex- they got some splaining to do down the line. Um, 
clearly the big one of the big bads in this movie was not just Wanda, but it was the Darkhold itself, the dark magic it contains, the forces that created it and are still embodied in it. Um, what's weird to me and I thought was either clumsy or just poorly explained, there is one counterpoint to this book. That's the book of Vishanti. There is one copy across the entire multiverse, and it got burnt. A, it should be a powerful enough book to take a little fire, right? But B, there's also apparently an infinite copy or infinite number of copies across the multiverse of the Darkhold. So A, how? B, why? C, please tell me and explain yourselves, Marvel. So clearly, again, it goes back to multiverse meaning making nothing matter. Like, sure, Wanda could destroy her copy of the Darkhold, but there are an infinite number of other copies out there. Is there another force she that did created destroy. these things? She said, like, there was a line that she destroyed the Darkhold in every universe. Did I misremember that? There was something about when uh, when she dies and, like, or or she dies, quote-unquote, with the thing coming down, you see, like, a blast of red radiation right before or right after. And Doctor Strange does say something about, oh, yeah, she's she did a spell to destroy the Darkhold in every universe. I oh, he said that. that. Which is... Yeah, I really remember that. I'm trying really hard. to. She had time as she was pulling down the temple and rubble falling on her to cast a complex spell like that that stretches across multiverses? Magic, baby. That is teetering on the level of laziness as somehow Palpatine returned. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was going to make the comparison like, oh, hey, we can smoke on spaceships now thanks to this flux capacitor, you know, like where you can just write it off with one line and people accept it. What if she turned every dark hold into a book of Ashanti? Oh, I think you need to know what was contained she, in the Book of Vishanti to do that. Why didn't she make enough food and resources for all the universe? We don't know these things. We may never know these things. Uh, so, uh, and I, I don't, we're, we're not 100% sure if that was what happened, but for a character who was powerful enough to create House of M, I would believe that she would be able to do that. I get though what you're saying with like the being a complex spell because if you look at No Way Home where he's just trying to have people forget who Peter Parker is or that like, he is. Spider-Man. Oh, this level. Oh, this level. Too complicated. It's getting too hard. It's gonna blow. Like yeah, yeah you you really set up magic as this hard thing to do, and then Wanda's like whatever. <laughs> it's she's too powerful. <laughs> well, she but I mean the 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 comic nerd in me is saying yes she is too powerful. Like she is that powerful. It's it's hard. Because I get, I get, I was like, yes, but she is. It's your Hulk problem. Like, you, you've built an unstoppable force. Yeah. Like, what do you do? When you like, get a character that's that them. powerful, their entire line of entertainment has to be around character stories then. Same with Captain Marvel, same with Superman, same with Hulk. Like, the only times they're interesting is when there's character shit going on. And to Marvel's credit, they tried yeah. doing that with this movie. It just could have been way better handled and i don't know I, I i'm not saying i know how they could have made it better i'm i'm not at that level and clearly there's a lot more that we don't know that they're setting up but it's just disappointing that this kind of landed so flat because it could have been a really cool movie and uh, speaking of i actually according to cnet.com i have the uh, movie and uh series release lists uh for the next uh few years so um uh I'll just start with what they have. So the next one is the one I'm most worried about. And we'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. But um, so we had Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Doctor Strange just came out. Uh, next up is Thor and Love and Thunder. Uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I don't know how they're going to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, because of 
I mean, the very big elephant in the room of, um, you know, uh, losing Chadwick Boseman, but also uh, the actress for Shuri got mm. into some really hot water during the, the shutdown. Can't have nice things. I, I know. And mm. then uh, after that is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which there are some worries about that, but not as many as, as I would have for Black Panther. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, The Marvels, which we were talking about with Miss Marvel and the Captain Marvel, uh, and uh, those... The last three movies, Ant-Man, Guardians, and Marvels, aren't supposed to be coming out until 2023. Um, and then the Fantastic Four is the only movie that has been announced, uh, but we don't know timelines for it specifically because there's two other movies that have release dates uh, in 2023 and then 2024. But uh, a friend of ours who kind of works in the industry told us sometimes especially like disney and marvel will basically just kind of put it on the release slate they're like yeah we're gonna do something here we've claimed this weekend something's gonna come out then Dibs. we don't have to tell you what it is sometimes even just to say like hey we're gonna kind of screw over dreamworks or uh, <laughs> uh, dc or something like that um and then the next series uh, of course moon knight just finished uh we have miss marvel in june she hulk what if and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special are supposed to be this year? Hmm. Um, then we're we getting have... into weird stuff that I just there's right, but that's I mean I think this is a good place to explore those kind of ideas. Yep. Is what if going to continue be to be animated or is it going to be a live action? Animated. Okay. It's supposed to yeah it's supposed to be uh, animated because um, it's season two of it specifically okay. mm-hmm. so. Um, and then Secret Evasion is supposed to be 2022. I don't know how they're going to handle that. Secret because what? Of Secret Invasion. I thought you said Secret of Asian. Me too. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? <laughs> That's new. We got so far with Shang-Chi and now we just get devolved back to this. Sorry about that. Also, really quick. <laughs> I thought Shang-Chi was going to be in this movie. Like, I thought he was going to be a person who we don't expect to see for some reason. They're gonna. My my gut tells me they're gonna bring him back whenever they have to mention Galactus again. Hmm. I think the rings came from the Eternals. Okay, that's my theory. I have no proof or basis for this, other the, than the art direction on the rings themselves. Yeah, the Eternals are important. If if only the movie could have done better, because <laughs> they're it's really pivotal for any future plans you want to make involving Galactus. Yeah. Which I you get. See, I. You see, that's another example of, like, too many characters just really bogging down a movie. Eternals could have been a TV show, could have mm-hmm. maybe done more with the characters, but then you couldn't afford to pay Angelina Jolie and um, Rob Stark and all the big profile guys. But th- that that's kind of getting back to my point right now. Aaron, you're going through this really comprehensive schedule and release slate for Marvel they did such a good job of sort of expanding the scope of their work to go from Iron Man out to some other heroes to bringing them together to expanding to more heroes to getting this big universal war against Thanos and then fixing that. But to keep going, you've got to keep besting yourself. You've mm-hmm. got to keep going up. The only place to go beyond the whole scope of your universe is to other universes and other timelines. So at what point do we say as a society, yo, this Marvel Entertainment Universe, it's just kind of fucked at this point. It's just too, it's going to collapse under the weight of itself. Are we in, are we seeing the Can first signs of that with Doctor Strange right now? Or do you think they've got a plan that's going to stitch it all together? We have, we have, I, I, because my father, who doesn't care a thing about Marvel movies, 
uh, said, do you guys saw Doctor Strange? Uh, yeah, I have thoughts about it. He's like, oh, yeah. So the trailer looks stupid. <laughs> I'm about to not uh, enough about movies to say that sort of thing often. <laughs> well, and... I don't, he's I don't, authority. I, I, he's I not authority, to, but it's more like, I have to disagree. I don't think we've hit that point yet. I think this, it, if, if it does continue down this path, like if we continue down, honestly, this weird downward slope since no way home of kind of that mediocrity, but the story's not being as complete or we're, we're trying to set up too much. We're doing the DCEU where we're not even giving people a full movie to establish themselves. We have to establish everything else. Um, and the then yeah, we can probably we can trace it back to even the Eternals because the Eternals was garbage. Um, I will I will hate on it as the it's days long. I did not think it was a good movie at all. I don't disagree um, with you. But the um, and I think it would have been better as a TV show, especially with some of the things that are coming out. But uh, if it does turn out that Thor: Love and Thunder does not live up to the expectation and the hype, and and then we start kind of seeing this this downgrade, then yeah, we we will have reached that. But there are plans in place, like with the Secret Invasion and with Kang, uh, the Conqueror, and um, even Galactus. You know, there are still really, really like huge storylines that they could touch on. Like, you see, we've already done Civil War. We've done the Infinity War. You know, there are still, like, Secret Invasion and all that stuff that really could still provide enough material. Though, we're, we're kind of two for two for this going in that direction. Yeah, my question is, there's material out there, yes, but does that material translate well to live action? Because we are very willing to suspend our disbelief when we read it on a page or see it animated, because things aren't real anyway. But when it's real things on screen, vis effects notwithstanding, we have a certain level of expectation. And at a certain point, the explanation that these concepts require to make the story work, like explaining the multiverse, explaining the Eternals, explaining the eventual, uh, explaining multiple timelines and variants in Loki. They had a TV show to uh, explain that, so it kind of worked, but... With this, like, I, I, fe- I feel like eventually it, it's just going to collapse under itself. Yeah, I think pre-Thanos and through Thanos, it was like, here are your superheroes. Yeah. This is what they do. Man this makes is- suit. Man stops bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Roll credits. And then post that resolution, quote unquote, it's like the let's get weird stuff. Like if you would have told me five, 10 years ago, like, okay, there's this, uh, Egyptian theme with this guy named moon Knight and blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, what the actual hell? No, that's not interesting. And now they're like, just grasping. I'm like, Oh, okay, let's do this. And then we'll like smash them all together. And then this, the new thing, right? Do you like it? <laughs> if I had to be honest, I think it's Endgame that kind of fucked us all over because there's a solid 10 minutes in the middle of Endgame where they explain how time travel works and how, oh, we're not actually time traveling. It's this and that. And like, that was the moment where I'm like, we're going to have to start getting really complex yep. so, uh, explanations for the problems we're going to have to face here because you can't just punch the bad man. Now it's, we're going to time travel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that really was what did it. And here are the consequences and, and, and that come with time travel that we have to explain. I, not, and not to throw shade any direction or another, um, but, I mean, have you guys ever, like, read the comics? Because, yeah, that's like, hey, what if we took uh, Iron Man and 
and put him in a situation where he was actually Captain America? Or what if we had, you know, the Dark Avengers? Or what if we had, uh, you know, um, the a series that just finished? You know, what if Captain America, Black Widow, Spider-Man, and a few others were sent to another realm, which it was basically medieval? Like... That's what Sam's saying is that the translation is going to falter at a certain point. And, yeah. and yet, and Cause, I, and cause I, we, I we accept that when that. it's on the page. Yeah. It, it makes sense. But when they're throwing it in movies and TV, it's like, yeah. does it stick? Especially when they've established themselves as one continuous cohesive narration. That's where, because you and, can't and, just say, oh, this is a different run. We're starting over. Anyway. Yeah. What if Iron Man were black? Let's go. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's, that is some that's of the Iron problems. That, we are going to get that. Yeah. That is one of the projected series. Oh, but nice. the, the, um, <laughs> the, the whole thing with, and that's where people kind of get confused with, with, uh, comics, especially now that we work in the shop or at least are a lot more involved in the shop than just, Hey, come in every so often and, you know, get some comic books or work free comic book day. Comics require homework. And how much is the audience going public going to do their homework? Cause I didn't watch much of the what if stuff after watching the second what if episode and seeing a more relatable Thanos than I've ever seen before. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm mad now. Cause we could have had dad Thanos and I'm really pissed that we don't. <laughs> the, uh, and why I keep coming back to this is cause, uh, I, I, I love to kind of, in this kind of mindset, I love to kind of point the, the arrow at a specific series that came out in the, um, the aughts. I forget what specific time during the aughts, but I know it was, uh, during the two thousands. Um, called the Ultimates, where they basically took a lot of these established characters like Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and basically were like, okay, so you know how Iron Man did this with this, how Spider-Man got his powers through this, and uh, or blah, blah, blah. No, actually, uh, Iron Man was born with a, con a genetic condition where his entire skin was essentially brain tissue. That's why he's so smart. Yeah, I'm not kidding that's how they established it or um ultimate spider-man uh had deadpool as a i mean he was a mercenary already but uh a mercenary whose face was encased in like glass and uh like that's why he always wore a mask it's they they basically took a lot of these stories that have been established for a long time and were like okay cool we're gonna do a completely different thing i'm not saying that's what the mcu is trying to do or what they should do by any means but We've had those kind of randomness, those weird moments. I mean, you could even call Civil War the first Civil War. It's like, I'm going to take all my toys and just smash them together. Aaron, um, you are correct. I've changed my answer. The instant Deadpool enters the MCU, we'll either break it forever or change it for the better. Oh uh, that is it right there. I mean, that can only make it better, right? <laughs> I mean, that, I would that, really that, hope so. That sounds great. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, I want to see. I want to see a uh, little. Um, not oh. to show us a character who can look at the fourth wall at the audience and say, "Yeah, we know it's bullshit. Let's go!" Like, thank you, please. Oh, that's just lazy <laughs> writing. I'm losing Tom to a rug. <laughs> I want to see Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield and Ryan Reynolds in the same movie doing that. I want to see it, but um, I, I, I'm, I completely understand and see what you guys are saying. I do. I really do. I'm I'm a little bit more hopeful with having some understanding of what they are have coming up and do I think that like overall do I think this was a good step no I think it was a misstep but Marvel's had these in the past again Thor Dark World I mean they changed directors almost you know at the midnight hour 
uh, Iron Man 2, people were wondering if uh, Robert Downey Jr. was going to be able to continue being Tony Stark. Um, and I get why the thought process with, you know, even the first five movies before, or like the movies before, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, the first Avengers movie, why people were like, oh, or why the, looking back at it, oh, these are much more simple stories. But even with the first Iron Man, before they knew that they could do this long, long, long term, they still had the whole part about the Avengers initiative. And they were even going to like really, really try to throw some BD into it and say, yeah, we've got someone who can crawl up walls and someone who can um, uh, uh teleport themselves or like run really fast like basically say like oh yeah we've also got spider-man and x-men when they really didn't that was like one of the few changes that they had to make before they released the movie for that that end credit scene so but we've got a monopoly now when one company holds all the toys how far are we going to get before innovation really starts seriously lacking i mean i think they can still and i think should just sort of keep these stories contained with some crossovers like, again, I keep going back to how you completely unspool all stakes and logic when you bring in time travel and multiversal crossover. I think the end of Infinity War, when they did introduce time travel, that should have been the end of the line of weirdness. That should have been the one instance where they sort of break the rules to set things right. And they should have ideally kind of gone back to doing what we what works because those are stories that people resonate with. Now it's I don't know I'm I'm hopeful I'm still gonna see the movies obviously I'm a corporate slave but if they can make this all work and make sense I'll be very happy but also surprised because right now I'm seeing the people go like mm, I don't really buy this anymore hope like the She Hulk I would love it just to be a corporate no, sorry a a legal drama yeah like in the SVU style, just like literally she's giant and green, but she also like solves crimes. Cool. Like done. Win that. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Let Thor pass on the mantle to Jane Foster and not make her a cameo in what should be her movie. I know that's not what it was supposed oh, to Elizabeth, be. I, I know. I, I've said this to you multiple times. I, that's not what's going to happen. I know. I went into Thor Love and Thunder because all I knew was they finally let um, Natalie Portman come on stage at a Comic-Con and hold Mjolnir. And, like, and that was their announcement that she's going to be the new Thor in Thor Love and Thunder. I'm like, how exciting because they kind of wrote her off. And I really liked her character. And Jane Foster's run in the comics as Thor is really, really compelling. And then to see the trailer and be like, oh, it's not a about her is it and i know i know but i think that really speaks to like what people really want like we let steve pass on the mantle we let iron man pass on the mantle black widow pass on the mantle yeah. everyone's been doing that but chris she, hemsworth is just she so didn't darn pass on the mantle, it was taken from her <laughs> well the and other i thing... totally thought that that's what the store would be too yeah if that says anything the other I, thing I, you got to consider the trailer with... makes me nervous yeah. yeah the other thing you got to consider when we're talking about movies like this is how long have these actors been doing this same character under these rigorous conditions and rigorous scheduling? And how much longer do you think they want to keep doing that? Because they're human beings. They don't want to keep playing the same character all the time only until they're 50. You know, eventually something's got to give one way or another. I think Natalie Portman could be lumped into that group because she's been involved since Thor. Like, not as heavily as Hemsworth, and she's not been in every movie, but... She's a mom. She's a human being. She's, I think she's close to middle age now. I don't know how old she is, but 
I'm sure she'd rather focus on the cool art movies that she's really good at, like Black Swan or Jackie O or whatever. And that's and like I I agree with you, Sam, because like uh, it, it uh, I, I kind of draw the line from that back to um, Kelsey Grammer playing Frasier for over 20 years. So, I mean, you know, Robert Downey Jr., if he were to make an appearance in any future properties, he will have played Iron Man for um, over actually sorry, 12 years. I was thinking closer to 20, but he will have been playing it for so long. Um, or like Patrick Stewart, who's been kind of doing that, uh, actually more so than that. But the the difference is, is Natalie Portman was actually supposed to be more involved in the MCU than she has been because of her dis- dismay and honestly displeasure of having Patty Jenkins replaced for Thor Dark World and basically saying, OK, I'll do this movie, but then I'm done. And and they basically was like, OK, well, we'll work around it and. Um, and they have, and that now with, you know, Takita Watiti treating Thor in a different manner and honestly bringing, breathing new life into him. Yes. I think there, there, this, I think that's what this movie is going to be. Not necessarily, it's going to be necessarily have to be Natalie Portman be Thor because there's a few other people who have been Thor, have held the mantle of Thor besides Odin's son and, um, uh, uh Jane Foster. I do get the vibe. They're going to bring in a lot of Thors into this one, which is fine i guess i don't know i've i have complicated feelings about comic book movies the farther and farther we get into them it's i agree with sam you can't have the same actor play the same character for their entire life it's not fair to them i get that but that does say that these characters have they don't last forever in a visual television video movie medium yeah kind of going back to what you were saying about the trailer and you're like oh I thought this but now they're going in this direction I think it's going to be completely different one thing that I think Marvel has been doing well is that when they do release a trailer they're not giving you the whole picture they're giving you like the very beginning like I remember the first episode of Moon Knight that we watched I'm like oh thank god like most of this was the first episode in the trailer and they didn't really allude to anything after that so you never got spoiled so I don't know maybe there's hope (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I I really, in my view, because I'm an old man, where Marvel does best is when they stick to their contained, character-driven stories with some occasional crossover. They could keep doing that till the heat death of the universe. There's plenty of material to go around with that, with the occasional big crossover a la Infinity War. Mm -hmm. But again, right now, I'm a little concerned we're sort of seeing the beginning of the tent collapsing a little bit. I hope I'm wrong. But we'll see. And and maybe that's what they're trying to do with the, the series. Um, because looking at the series beyond, say, uh, like What If or Secret Evasion, these all feel like specific parts of stories or specific, uh, specific stories, not necessarily like um you know part of the infinity saga or part of uh oh, yeah they're character driven pieces yeah. they don't seem to be involved at all within the rest of the universe i think that's why like i really enjoy things like squirrel girl because it's just this one person trying to make her way and sure sometimes she like goes and beats galactus just by talking to him and listening to him but sometimes she's just trying to like pay her apartment's rent like it's it's wholesome and cool i think that's why i like spider-man so much because it's just it's that's why everyone loves struggle. spider-man so much because it's relatable and grounded Sans radioactive <laughs> spider bites. <laughs> totally normal. 
and and I'm I'm wondering if that's what they're kind of trying to go in is, is to have the bigger stories that are, are kind of more more overarching in their movies and like have like connective details from the shows um and then have the shows be like not their one shots but they're more specific types of stories so like more the character studies and cuz looking at what has been released since WandaVision and what is coming to uh, with one or not, sorry, Ironheart being the the last announced or there's an untitled Wakanda series. But um, before that, they're out of the, the ones that are projected or have been released. Uh, it, nine of them or um, a huge majority of them are specific around a certain character or characters. Um, well, they keep naming every movie after a character. It's kind of, you expect that. I think that's why Doctor Strange doesn't really have his own movie in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. It's, it's a bunch of other things that all have to play together in the same sandbox because we have to keep setting up universes upon yeah. universes. It should have just been called like Multiverse to... of Madness. <laughs> Correct. I, I, can, I can get behind that. You don't I think have that's... to put it behind the temple of the character anymore. Yeah. You can just say it's a Marvel property. It's called this. And like, yeah, we'll go see it. You don't have to handhold us. Here's your character to follow you. It's well, no. They don't have to do that for us because we're longtime fans, but they're trying to court new audiences with every movie they make. So, is there any new audience? I don't know. That makes it so hard because you need to know so much going into it now. Yeah, but people are stupid, so (laughs) it doesn't matter. Lemmings. And and that's why you've got like like Shang-Chi, Moon Knight, um, or even like Hawkeye, where. Yeah, it's really helpful if you know a lot of the backstory or if you know what leads into it, but you could get into this series without watching or these specific series without watching anything beforehand. Like specifically like Moon Knight's the the, the best example of that. But yeah. Hawkeye, yeah, it would be helpful to know Black Widow and Avengers and so on and so forth. But even WandaVision, yeah, you need to know, but you could enjoy the series just for what it is. TV series I think have more ability to set up and take your viewer through it movies don't have as much time uh dr strange multiverse of madness starts off with a smash cut right into that fight for the book of ashanti like i i had no idea what was going on i was completely lost and then dr strange kills a kid i'm like what is happening and then we all wake up like oh okay because i if i had been a casual movie goer i might have walked like i have no idea what is going on why do i care what is the point (laughs) Uh, and I just thought of something too. The the point of like Doctor Strange seeing America Chavez in his dream and like it freaking him out and and everything like that. The line, well, like, how do you know you're the only one with his power? Because I don't dream. That was a dumb line. I I just I just thought of that. That was a that was a that was a I hunch. That's a line. <laughs> yes, that was a dumb plot device too so i'm like oh so anytime anybody in this universe dreams they're looking at other like multiversal variants of themselves a how b y c (laughs) you got to explain this shit in better detail sometimes dreams are just dreams like wong said like when i'm running naked from a clown i'm like that doesn't have to be wong in another universe running naked from a clown. why that doesn't need to be Wanda had done that, like, I dream about my children every night, and then she goes looking for them, finally gets the book, finally gets the power of Mara Chavez, goes and look, and they don't exist in any other universe. Because our dreams actually aren't that. Gosh, there was this point, every moment of this movie was saying, was giving me outs to like, oh, maybe Wanda isn't the big bad, maybe she's being controlled by another Wanda. 
No, it's this Wanda. Oh, maybe that these actually aren't her boys in the universes. Maybe it's just she's projecting. No, they're actually there. Like, it gave me so many off-ramps and, and ignored every single one of them as it raced to the end to make her kill herself. Like, every single yeah. uh, one. What was it? Um, it's like, what do you do when you see an opportunity to show that how good of a person that you could be? Uh, I like to look at them and wave as I walk right on <laughs> by, uh, a la Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> so, I, it's... Nah. This this I I think honestly Sam put it best is this movie feels hollow not like it's like a a very thin count, uh, candy coating on air but it's there's so much this could have been like yeah. at its core it could have been so much more there's yeah. a lot of visual frosting yeah it's but it's missing the emotional heart it's poorly executed attempts at character driven story which is primarily just serving as fodder to set up future projects. That's why it felt hollow to me. It, it was fun. I, again, I still had fun watching it, but I've, we've become so spoiled by other movies being so great and hitting us so hard in the feels. This one just felt like a letdown because the main characters were ones that we love and know. It's, that it's, is why we liked Moon Knight so much. Paige said it like, I'm glad there was no Marvel tie-ins. I'm glad it was just this self-contained, character-driven stories. It's so good, so good. Uh, Wonder I, Vision felt that way too. Uh, there's even this Ant-Man line way back in the first Ant-Man. All right, the first thing I think we should do is call the Avengers. No, we're not gonna. But why not? So I appreciate <laughs> dropping a city in uh, in Europe. Or yeah, just like ignore that. it. Ignore all of that nonsense. Go back to that when you want to do a big crossover and just give me this one person going through their struggles. Yep. And like even his connection with like Falcon was kind of fun, and it did set something else up. But it was more natural, it was more organic. Um, and it's it's a similar problem to to Pixar right now. And you could even say Disney as a whole since, you know, Snow White to now is because they do so much good. It makes what they do bad shine th brighter. You know, right. you know, not every time is going to be a, uh, a, a frozen or a tangled. Sometimes we get home on the range or you know, <laughs> not every Disney series is going to be the DuckTales reboot or gravity falls sometimes we have the stupid uh not big city green there's, there's so many shows you know Aaron, i'm, I'm glad you brought this up because for our next topic i actually made this bracket and i want to get y'all's opinion on it i'm just kidding <laughs> that is perfect send-off i think there's yeah I, I i i just view this as a misstep as like thor 2 iron man 2 or 3 i feel like yes it's a misstep I don't see it being a, 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 a red flag, but I could see it being a, the beginning of the end if it were to come that direction. Yeah, it's not like I, I forget if it was Sam or Liz who was saying this before. It's like we're not going to not ever see a Marvel movie ever again or never going to watch a Marvel TV show again. It's it was just me, like the corporate slave who said that. Oh, yes. OK, so we're going to just continue <laughs> being the corporate slaves like I, I don't see that ever happening you know one random thought about this movie that I, I i feel bad that i didn't think about it until right now we keep referring to it as multiverse of madness multiverse it's so many syllables let's think about a way to shorten this and let's also think about one of the main plot points of this movie we exactly this is about wanda wanting to be a mother multiverse of madness for now on i'm just going to call this movie the mom movie mm. the mom Sam and Paige, thank you so much for joining us on this The Mom Movie Review. Uh, 
We have, as always, <laughs> talked extensively, but I continuously value someone else's opinion besides my own's and my husband's because I love having more input, more ideas, more expression. Uh, and we so appreciate that you take the time to talk with us for hours on end about things that really don't matter in the long run. <laughs> it is our pleasure. Yes. Oh. Uh, we uh, we very much appreciate you guys coming on. And I'm sure it'll be, you know, a whole other month before we uh, do this again, <laughs> because uh, there's so much that's coming out. I mean, even like Thor Love and Thunder is coming out in July. So this is the new podcast. I'm just, I'm, we're announcing it now. We're never going to be just me and Aaron again. It's going to be the four of us riding our bicycle down the I'm, street. I, I'm all for like taking the episodes we've done and then any future ones and just releasing it under the Marvelous Marys or something like that. Or uh, just creating our own podcast or creating a podcast from this. I mean, it's a podcast within a podcast. It's a multiversal <laughs> variant of the original podcast. Oh, God. Yours was actually podcast 667. This is 872. See you later. I'd, I'd be down for it. So then we can work on our own sponsors. Like, what are what's some good sponsors for uh, for uh, for married people? That's a good. Uh, we'll end it. Well, we'll I can, say I can we'll, think of one. It's a little uh, naughty though. So um. Well, how yeah. about that? That's how we'll end. We'll end this episode. Was what would be a good sponsor for this uh, potential series uh, for for married people? I'm gonna say uh, the the sheet company, the um, the one that makes like the amazing Brooklyn? sheets that the uh, McElroys always talk about. No, uh, um, it probably is Brooklyn. I'm gonna say better. Oh, help. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> oh, Brook and Branch. Uh, Bowl and Branch. Bowl and Branch. Bowl and Branch sheets. I don't That's, know what that, that is. Be. I'm Aaron, and I, uh, I would love to be sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Uh, I was gonna make up one. I say a watch that rewinds the past ten seconds of your life. So when you are in an argument and you say something that you really wanted to say because it'd be cathartic, but you know it would just decimate the other person, and it'll be a very terrible thing to actually make something happen you just rewind it back 10 seconds and you get to the process of saying it but no one needs to know that you said it and you can actually have a good argument and i think that'd be very perfect for couples and that's my sponsors i'm not a corporate wage slave i'm gonna make up my own products one couple centric sponsor that i just thought of would maybe be like hello fresh couples cook together sometimes and that's something that exists couples cook together we actually use hello fresh all the time we don't. We have empty. Sorry, we have empty plates. Plate. So, but yeah, empty plate. Hello Fresh. That's yeah. That'd be a good idea. Yeah, and I said and uh, better help because <laughs> who, who doesn't need therapy? Who <laughs> doesn't need therapy? It sounds like we do. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, the watch that goes time. back ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's like an offshoot or a subset within BetterHelp that's specific to couples therapy, right? Yeah, be. I mean, every time I hear an ad be. for them, they're like, oh, they do, uh, you know, body dysmorphia. They do couples. They do childhood trauma. They do all these kind of things. So, cool. yeah. Thank you guys so much again. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, they've been Sam and Paige. We've been Elizabeth and Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the idea. 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 <laughs>